thanks for being here and thanks for being uh, here at Federal Forum. Uh, what a great opportunity to get us all together. I think we're at 2,000 attendees at this uh, today, so fantastic. finding uh, value. I hope you're getting a lot of opportunity to share and to network uh, with your peers and, uh, and, and others uh, here at the conference. So um, thank you for attending this session. We're, uh, we're excited to be here talking to you today about a, um, a topic that is near and dear to my heart, which is really around customer experience in government. And that's customer is kind of a nebulous term. It, it, it can mean so many things to so many people. So as we go through this here today, we're gonna to talk about the customer and what that means. So thank you for being here. Um, executive mandates have driven huge attention on transforming customer experience in federal government. And so in addition to that funding taking place to really look at how can uh, technology and digital transformation help power some of those experiences. Um, and so it's a good time and ServiceNow is, I think, uh, working diligently to try to bring value to all of you in that space. So to try to take what we have as a platform and build off of it to bring value to you in ways you can use this to improve customer experience, ways you can use our platform, the products we're building, and what you're configuring to help improve customer experience. So to, to help address that today and really to, to focus on what you're probably here to, to discuss, is I've got three amazing panelists here with me today uh, that, that we'll be sharing with you. Uh, Pamela Scruggs. So Pamela is with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Department. Uh, she's a lead in their e-permits part of the organization. Got Doug Freeman, who is a Chief Digital Experience Officer at the U.S. Department of Commerce. And Maria Bertucci, she's a lead within the USDA for their National Financial Center, uh, and, and so great array of experiences here. And our goal today is to really help you understand as these folks have gone through and are going through their digital transformation, what are the nuggets that you might be able to pick up that can help with what you're trying to accomplish in, in, in the same areas. And so, um, and so that's why we're here today. Uh, wanting to keep it relaxed. Thank you all for being here and taking the time uh, to do this. Pam, I'm going to pick on you to start um, <laughs> because I, I'm fascinated by what we're doing with uh, U.S. And Fish, Fish and Wildlife and what you're doing with the organization. Can you talk about uh, what your, your organization is doing in that transformation around customer experience and, and I think nuggets around best practices or lessons learned, anything you can share there? Sure. Um, thank you for the opportunity. Um, as Ron mentioned, I am... Um, work for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and my project that I lead up is working across the agency, across four of the major permitting programs. Um, we issue permits under wildlife conservation laws, and so seven laws like the Endangered Species Act, the Migratory Bird Treaty Act, and we serve external and internal customers, and we, um, we, there are about 30,000 right now accounts we have with our external customers. So to give you a sense of the volume, we just started about, this will be, we're in May, we start our third development year. So we really feel like we're pretty new to the, the game. And, um, and I will admit that we started with sort of our own needs in mind. You might've heard that in the keynote speaker um, said a lot of governments do that. 
how we're them. We really recognize that we had like a 25 year old legacy system that needed to meet the modern demands. I mean, even for security, it was so old that it, um, you know, just wasn't the, the upgrades and such were um, had the risk, ran the risk of breaking it. So um, we came into it from that perspective. And in going into year three, we're feeling pretty proud because we've managed to pivot. And now we see um, a path to really starting to hear from the external customers. And, um, and we're also gaining some um, data from our internal customers to, to make the platform better. So I will say we're proud. We went from uh, um, having to lick envelopes and stick stamps and fill out sign in blue ink and um, write paper checks to like two and a half, three years later, we actually um, receive all of our applications, can receive all of our applications now digi digitally. We still haven't digitized all of our forms. And so sometimes the for, for much of the process, applicants are still um, uploading PDFs. So we're, we're working as we go, um, but we do have a secure system that allows for um, people to pay for their processing fees online. So we'll give ourselves a teeny little pat on the back for managing to do that. And now we're starting to talk to our customers and learning some really um, very important things. So being here, I wish that we may have started where they tell you to start, which is with the customer. Um, but I still think we're early enough to really make the pivots we need to, to meet the external customer's needs. And I love the idea of what I heard this morning, that it can really elevate our internal um, users because it's a sort of a, it's, it can be grueling work. It's, um, you know, tends to be, more, we have more work than we can handle. And so becoming more modern um, is really important. And the idea of uplifting our ex internal users by helping our external users is really, really exciting. So we're new on our journey. I think that what I'm hearing is if you haven't started, it might be a good idea to start with the external customer first or the people you're really trying to serve. And um, and I'd say maybe, um, I guess my other thing is to realize they call it a journey for a reason. And it is not, change is not easy. And particularly if you're trying to change things that are really outdated and really sort of rooted in maybe 1970s, 1950s, 1900s thinking, because that's when our laws came into effect. And we've been doing a lot of the things. for all these years so um it's, that is working with us has also been very key like we have some challenges with working with our app with our applicants as account holders you know paper was different didn't need an account you just signed a form and mailed it in and so um service now has been a really great partner helping us to evolve the way our um along with the way our businesses um do business and our in individuals do um do business so Anyway, with our surveys and our um, and our customer support tool, we're starting to glean some insights. And I'm hoping through uh, the other federal workers that I'm meeting here and um, other contacts, I can really learn how to um, hear the voice of the customer all the time. That's what you, I remember, uh, Pam, when we were talking, you were talking about the, <clears throat> I put it in quotes, it was the I, I think versus the reality or we think. I mean, I and we were all chatting about it. <laughs> you can get kind of inwardly focused on your point of view, I, I don't know if you experienced that or, or or how how you would advise others to kind of shift that frame of thought a little bit. Sure, I mean, I'll say that we um, 
we did. We thought we thought we knew what our applicants would want, which would be a quick answer from the government, right? They wanted efficient efficiency, and we were not particularly efficient. The very complex, nuanced rules we have to follow. And um, so we we came into this thinking that we um, we're going to become efficient, and our customers will appreciate that. And which may be true. Um, I can't say we've achieved achieved perfect efficiency yet, though. But we've through our survey found that um, we have a I'm proud of it, like 65% satisfaction rate in our first couple of months. And that's so they, they need more than they're looking for more than efficiency. And that was an important lesson to learn. And there's probably some other ones there. There's probably ways we can ease their pain as we gain efficiency and streamline our back end, not just the technology part, but the process part and align more across those stove pipes and silos within our organization. So um, yeah, we we definitely started from that. We think this, and now it's super exciting to hear what they think. I mean, there's all kind of nuggets there. Some of it's actionable, some of it's painful, some of it's really um, it's 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 really surprisingly positive. So that's all good. I don't know. It's all good trending. Yeah, I um, I don't know if either of you want to comment there. I, I I'll say uh, Maria. I uh, I hear Pam talk about like that definition of customer. Mm -hmm. And with uh, the USDA, you've got customers that are uh, external citizens. Potentially, you've got uh, government agencies, businesses. Um, you've got your employees as customers. So I'm, I'm, how do you tackle uh, providing each of those audiences with what they need to facilitate this great experience? Right, Ron. And um, at USDA, the National Finance Center, we're a shared services provider. So we have not only inter-agency agreements, but we have intra-agency agreements. So we have to meet certain mission areas, requirements as far as payroll, HR concern. And so um, from our perspective, all of our customers are primarily all HR specialists or payroll specialists. And so we they provide us the feedback that we need to give them better service as far as uh, their relationships with their employees. And so some of their employees do um, have a significant amount of information they wanna share with their HR departments. And so we try to find ways to transition or streamline that information. And so um, as, as Pam had stated earlier, you know, the external experience from our customers is very important to all of us. And um, what we do is we take measurements of uh, what's being reported as far as service requests, whether we're meeting the demands of our customers, or if there's incidents that are occurring with their payrolls and things like that then that's where our service desk managers provide us more feedback. And so uh, one of the many things that we do is we have um, quarterly customer board meetings and we get the feedback from all these directors, uh, HR directors, payroll directors, and get their information and say, you know, we need to get this information to our employees faster and better. And so those are some of the things that we're looking at, we're engaging in, and, and what we try to do with our ServiceNow product is make it more fluid and easier for them to transition and to submit whatever their cases are. And with that information, then we use that trending data to, and is what we're using to build out our customer service model, which we were trying, we're trying to get out. Um, it's going to be in phases. So we're going to go intra-agency first, and then we'll go to the 
the external customers and just make that experience a lot more seamless and easier for them to transition to and uh, do all their reporting. Um, the, the other item was uh, documents, signing documents, things like that. So it's it's there's a lot of things in the hopper, if you will, but we're trying to make it uh, the transition as seamless as possible and get all the feedback from all of our customers as well. So those are just some of the things and uh, the other item that we've uh, that's been a challenge is transitioning the historical data into our systems. And so those are some of the things that we're working on right now. I'm going to spring this one on you because I don't know that you are expecting this. But so um, we've talked a little bit about the idea of <clears throat> interagency operability. So the ability to work across agencies where needed to connect the dots for that experience because every, so many agencies deliver a diff different piece of the puzzle. So I think we talked in the past a little bit about that and that you're actually engaging um, peers internationally mm -hmm. to, to talk about the way they do that because their structures are a little different, et cetera. So I don't know if you, if you could elaborate on that a little bit. I found that fascinating. It's a combination of, of several things. Um, there's definitely some items that we have to um, take into account um, security-wise. Um, there are um, packages that we receive from those external customers that we definitely have to secure. And um, we've um, provided a, a, a good encryption package using the ServiceNow product. And now we can receive them seamlessly and the transition is, uh, or the execution of that request is run a lot faster and better for our customers. Um, one of the biggest challenges that we had during COVID was uh, retirement packages. We, we, we had, you know, they were being couriered. All, everybody's paperwork was being sent to um, NFC and, deliveries were limited. So we had to come up with a way to use the ITSM product to transition all that paperwork in electronically and into our retirement processing system. And we've got it to work. We got ahead an agreement with OPM to receive those packages. And now um, our retirement processing uh, deliveries are being processed within those the 30 to um, 35 45 days. So that, that's a good thing. So we don't have those delays. So those were some of the things that were challenging. And so with those packages that were brought on site or electronically, we had to encrypt them and get them across. And then we used an integration hub to do the printing so that we can send it to OPM with our courier service. So it's a, it's a lot of, of, of things that you have to take into account. Um, securing the data, protecting the data, who can see the data, that type of stuff. So those were those were the definitely the challenges that we had, but it, it did prove to be a good methodical project process. How about, how about collaboration between peers of yours and other organizations, yeah. or you mentioned international groups? So how do you how do you um, gain best practices? And collaborate across across these different groups. Well, there are um, several requirements that uh, we are required to, as far as um, interagency agreements are concerned. Um, I, I think everybody's aware of them. Interagency agreements, you know, those type of things. So um, it's we work with our OCIO 
partners to get all this information secured and uh, sent. Um, so it's just um, meeting what their requirements mm-hmm. are and incorporating them into uh, collaborating them into our packages that Got we it. have. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a lot of checks and balances. A lot of checks and balances. <laughs> And our HR departments definitely have to sign off on all of them. Yeah. So those are some of the things that we... Uh, These initiatives can uh, <clears throat> can be daunting. Mm-hmm. You're tackling pieces. You're, you know, it, here, 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 mm-hmm. have to have the whole picture in mind. Um, Doug, I, I guess I'm interested from your perspective. What are your thoughts on, you know, these, these big transformational initiatives to some in an organization can seem like never-ending initiatives. <laughs> so um, how do you how do you manage change in your organization as you're thinking about that? How are you thinking about um, working through that in a way to minimize disruption? Yeah, thanks, John. Good question. Good morning, everyone. Um, uh, you used uh, two interesting words, I think, when we talk about customer experience, uh, which is the words never ending. <laughs> and, and I think that's a hallmark, actually, of the best, most customer centric organizations is they understand that it's never ending. The pursuit of customer experience is never ending. They're obsessive about it. And so I think for the government, when we have this vision and we challenge ourselves and we say, you know, we want to provide excellent and equitable service uh, to all of our customers in every situation then we have to be equally obsessive, right? We have to become that kind of customer-centric organization. So say, great, so how do we get there, right? And I think it's, you know, a a lot of it is just reinforcing what probably everybody in this room already knows, which is if you're gonna go on this journey, right? You gotta start first and foremost with your situational assessment, right? Where, truthfully, where am I at, right? With my people, with my resources, who in the organization is already sort of has expertise in customer experience in human-centered design and user experience design. You know, what kind of resources do I have from a people perspective? What kinds of platforms and tools do I have? How am I doing today? What are my numbers telling me about how my interactions are today? And get a good situational assessment and be honest with yourself about where are you at today? So then you can be very methodical, but then about mapping out your journey, right? About then what do I need to do about gaining more people resources, uh, you know, using the good basic blocking and tackling tools that you have at your disposal about training people, putting it into their performance plans, right? This is, you know, I like to tell people all the time, you know, uh, CX and HCD and these things are not a group of people that you go to to talk to. It should not be that. Everyone in the organization should be a, should should raise their hand and say, I'm a CX person, right? I'm a human-centered design person, everyone in the organization, because everyone can contribute to it. So, they, you've got to prepare your people. The second thing, of course, again, then is platforms and tools. You know, we talked about voice of the customer. Well, in order to hear the voice of the customer, you have to have a way and a methodology in which to hear that, right? And, you know, I, I certainly have been in rooms where people have presented survey, you know, great survey information, but in some cases that survey information might be 12 months old. You know, I, I come from uh, the private sector world originally and I spent most of my career there. And you know, we lived in environments where, you know, our finger was on the pulse of the client 24 and customers 24 by seven. So we had tools and platforms that had a way to give us the quantitative and qualitative information that we could look at every minute of every hour of every day of every week of every month. And so that gives you the data to sort of say, because guess what, you know, as I always like to say, I think most customers are probably like me. They're, they can be a bit emotional. They can be a bit fickle, right? Needs may change. Uh, 
change day to day. And so you got to know that, right? You got to be go away and, and I don't talk to you again right. for six months or 12 months, right? It's got to be an ongoing dialogue. And that's, by the way, is external and internal, right? Mm -hmm. Internal. I mean, when we talk about customers, we're not, we're talking about external customers, but we're equally talking about the employee experience, right? You've got to be aggressive and obsessive about both of them, I think. And so, you know, I think, so you've got to kind of take these steps towards that maturity and understand that it is a journey, but um, and of course, along that journey, there's some other things you got to be conscious of. I think we all know, right? Along that way, you've got to have some short-term wins. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're seeing that, you know, we all know the federal government has 35 high impact, identified high impact service providers that are doing some fantastic work, right? And addressing key projects that each of them have. And, and we're seeing the results, right? I think I, I just recently, a lot of you may have seen it, the American Customer Satisfaction Index came out and showed that satisfaction in government services surged by 4.6% last year. That's a good sign, right? Directionally, that's good. It's going up, not down, or not flat, right? That's that's a really good sign. But again, we've got to be obsessive. So, you know, you got to keep looking for those quick wins. And certainly, you've got to bring your senior leadership along, right? Keep them excited. They, they along with everyone else, has to be a part of celebrating the wins as you go along. But it is a long journey, and you have to become obsessive. But just to share a little anecdotal story, when I think when you reach that, as I said, I came from the private sector and was fortunate enough to lead uh, an organization where we built a rather large uh, e-commerce business. And you know that organization got so obsessive about customer experience, they they sort of took it upon themselves. They took all of our different customer personas, and they would literally make life-size cutouts of them. And these people would bring them, they would literally celebrate birthday parties. I would come into the cafeteria <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, whose birthday is it, right? And they'd be like, it's Jennifer's. And I'd be like, Jennifer. And literally they'd be like, they'd have the stand, right? And be whoever it was, right? Like pick whatever, you know, sort of stand. And they'd celebrate their birthdays, like, you know, da-da-da, talk about them. They'd bring them into meetings, right? Set them in the meeting room. cutout, right? What they were turning was just really cool to watch, right? And, and, you know, they didn't have to, this isn't an organization that had to be told, you know, this is your next project. This is your next priority. This is your next, because honestly, they knew it before I did, right? They were much, much more. And, and so really what we created was that obsession, that never ending yeah. quest gave them the tools and the processes and the freedom to go chasing. And they were the ones, right? The, the people that were closest to the employees, people closest to the external customers that were saying, this is what they want. This is what they desire. This is what we can deliver. And we're going to go do it. We're not going to wait for you. You know, they turn to me and they're not going to wait for you as the CEO. We're just going to go do it. And I was like, perfect. That's the kind of obsessive. And so I think that that's why I, sorry, I wanted to sort of pick up on those two words, because I think that's a really, you know, when you can mature your organization and change that mindset, right. And get everybody involved in it. That's when you can sort of, and then it becomes that never ending goes from a negative quite honestly, to yeah. positive. No, that's great. And it should be uh, so fantastic. All I'm come, I can't get it out of my mind, but I think I'm going to have to start a business where you send in a photograph and I'll make the paper, the cutouts <laughs> yeah. that you can use for your Smart. meetings. That's going to be a booming business. <laughs> um, excellent story. So, um, and, and kind of what you're experiencing, um, going back, kind of circling back to this concept of empowering employees. Mm -hmm. So, so how, uh, and Pam, maybe, maybe you can comment, how are you, how do you think about, how is your organization thinking about the tools and resources they're putting in the hands of employees to really empower experiences they're able to deliver? Is, is that a huge part of what you're thinking about, or I guess anybody would like to comment? 
Yeah, I can say that um, really we we um, we have feedback loops for our internal users, our our um, our employees. I think that we have not done as much as we could or should have to um, to to help them with the change. Like the some of like I said, the processes are old and the, and the behaviors to follow the processes, um, you know, are 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 rooted there. And so um, what I really appreciate about like thinking of the customer is I know these, this employee group and we care very much about the people we work with. And I will tell you, I started my career 27 years ago in a permit processing office. And I still have like cards that people sent me. Like we care about these people. We want to deliver good service. It's very frustrating when we can't, it hurts. It's like not why you get into government is to not be able to deliver as quickly or as effectively or as efficiently, whatever the measure of your. And so um, I think that we are working now to, to spend more time with our processors and really sort of uplift the community and thinking of the customer is very empowering and like how we can do this together to serve the public and the people and the mission that we came to these jobs for is really where we need to, we, we need to spend more time. And like, anyway, the, the path feels very open to me right now on how we could achieve that. Being here, as I've learned more um, in my role, it, I really think that, that we could spend some time doing that and it would be so well, well worth mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. effort. And it'll also help us understand our customer because these people know them. They're talking to them on the phone. They're, mm -hmm. they're emailing with them every day and they know the needs that it's at, when you sit at the national level, it's harder to un fully understand. We were talking um, before we arrived and the idea of how, um, so early adopters of service now were building capabilities to really arm their employees to provide customer service. Mm -hmm. And these are things that ServiceNow is trying to catch up on. Building, I lead a team that's focused on customer workflows. So it's all the uh, external services for citizens, patients, agencies, businesses, and all of those uh, experience tools. But it's it's equally important, and we take a lot of feedback. What's that? The experience of that a person's ability to provide good service? Because if they can't, it's frustration, it's turnover, it's it's poor customer service because they're angry and frustrated that they can't provide that service. So. Um, I'm sure you're experiencing it as well. Right. Um, one of the key elements that we definitely focus on is um, where where our customers having the most problems and that we supply our agents with more knowledge articles, um, how to resolve those issues quickly, how to address them. And then, you know, because our mantra is always the customer is always right. So we we have to address whatever those issues are. And so some of those experiences are, you know, like I we said before, you know, performance analytics, you know, the trending. Where are the areas that we're having the most problems with? And then what are these issues that are occurring? How can we address them early on, say, for instance, when we're in the seasonal time, you know, open season, that type of stuff? But can we take care of in advance before it actually starts? You know, so those are some of the things that we look at. Um, trending data is really critical. And then eventually, uh, once we get the mobile piece out and available, you know, it has to go through all its certifications and controls. And so those are some of the things that we want to make um, easier accessible and um, get the 
self-servicing portion available to all of our, not only our employees, but some of our external customers because um, OPM is one of our biggest customers. Um, we help with the clearing houses, with the um, carriers and so forth. So they need some help as, as well to address some issues that um, they're having with certain um, agencies that they need some support with. So those are some of the things that we have to look at. Um, the trending data is very critical and important. And again, uh, we talk about how uh, we're evolving. Well, so do rules and regulations. Everything changes and then you have to make those quick changes and do a quick turnaround to address those needs. Yeah, that agility is is key because you I think you mentioned it somewhere along the way, and mm -hmm. again just now, changing legislation, administration, et cetera. You all in government more than ever has you know has also the complexity of agility mm -hmm. that you have to address. So, um, and and I I think that when you talk about surveys. Data uh, as a way to inform. That's that's the most efficient and factual way mm -hmm. to determine what changes you should make. I think you were talking about it Doug, in, in your business. So, yeah, sure. I mean, one of the things I always like to say when um, talking about customer experience is one of the most uh, dangerous words around customer experience is the word "I." Mm -hmm. Right. Um, when I sit in rooms and you know, I and and by the way, I I, I mean, this is a personal note, but I, I think it's just human nature. I think we tend to look at the world and things through our own lens, and so. You know, when we have an idea about what we think the customer wants or what we think a product ought to be or what design we think we might want to get, it's easy to look at it and say, well, I prefer this or I prefer that or I like this or I don't like that. Um, and I think uh, getting that sort of out of the lexicon and, and the best way to get that out, of course, is to bring in the data then, right, is to say, great, I may think this, but let me look at the data. And it may confirm what I think or it may not confirm what I think, right? But uh, it's it's really about gathering that data. You know, we had an interesting uh, example recently. Um, I, I recently came from International Trade Administration. I moved over to DOC just in the last few months, but we worked on a project to uh, to look at improving sort of our digital presence in terms of trying to recruit talent into the International Trade Administration, right? So what would appeal to them, you know, people that are out looking for a job, them considering that organization. And so we did a pretty thorough human-centered design project to go out and sort of ask them about what attributes are most important to them, what are they looking for, what's you know what influences them most in their decision about where they might apply and want to come work, and then of course bake that into a series of different designs, sculpted that down into a final design, kept testing it, and saw the numbers sort of skyrocket in terms of how customers are responding. But one of the interesting things that came out of that was uh, that you can understand if you're a senior leadership. Uh, one of the things we asked them about was executive biographies, mm -hmm. right? Something you find often, right? When you go to an, uh, an HR page or you go to look for an organization, right, is it might be plastered with executive bios. Unfortunately, guess what customers said? I don't care, <laughs> right? It's not part of my decision making. It's not going to influence me. It's not going, well, if you're a senior leader and you say like, wait a second, they don't care about seeing my picture or reading my bio or, you know, you, you you can understand it might be an, an immediate sort of emotional or kind of a visceral reaction. But I think that's a, it's an example of saying like, well, maybe maybe that stings me a little bit when I first hear it. But if you can get move past that and say, OK, but that's not the goal here. Right. The goal is to attract them and help them understand that this is a great place to work. And so, you know, we were able to do that with the data. Right. So despite some tough, some kind of conversations along the way. Right, the data and the voice of the customer that we had in front of us is really what carried the day, and I think kept us on track. So, 
That's why I think it's so important. It helps get that eye out of the room if you can bring that voice in in, in measurable quantitative and qualitative data. I love that. Um, kept kept us on track because you can steer away through emotion, but if you're yeah. revisiting, you know, looking at the facts, that's that's uh, yeah. so. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. Um, we have so um, as much as we can. Um, Pam and, and Maria and Doug uh, will try to stick around after if you have questions or just want to exchange contact. Um, uh, but we'll probably, probably get the hook if there's another session coming up <laughs> right behind us. Not sure. Um, with a few minutes we have left, I just think, um, you know, what what are what's the one nugget that each of you would leave this audience with if they're going through uh, a, any any digital transformation for customer experience themselves, or if they're trying to help as partners, organizations do that. What's the one nugget that you would leave them with? From each of you, like this is the session. So I got to do guys are doing phenomenally well. I'm just riffing it. So anyway, um, I would say that really, um, if I could reel it back and start over, I would start with the external customers and talk to them and really be able to get to know them better. I would also say that like really the idea of a journey, I mean, to give some grace, like this, some of the things we're trying to transform are, are long rooted in old ways. And um, it's going to take a little while to move you know, move into the future, the present for the future. So don't give up too soon. It's really super important. And I think I heard it this morning, but like it's part of trust in government and believing in our system. Super important. Sorry, that was more than one. No, <laughs> you got three nuggets for the price of one. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I would just, maybe you, you've missed it here, but I think I would say again, if we want to deliver excellent and equitable service, then uh, we all need to be excellent and equitable in our approach to CX. So I would just encourage, I think my encouragement is, uh, obviously you came into this room, you're interested in, I, again, I think it's a, it, it's an effort that everybody needs to be involved in and all voices need to be a part of it. So I would just say, if you're interested in it, if you're not already part of a formal training uh, program in your organization, take it upon yourself. Um, there are so many resources out there and I'd be happy to share if anybody wants to hit me up afterwards. I've got a whole series of links and, and avenues you could go to pursue this for yourself. And so I would just say, get trained up in it, get something. You, you have something to contribute. I promise you that every single voice and every single voice needs to be heard. That That's the way to get to a truly customer centric organization. So uh, I would just say, pursue it, be passionate about it, be persistent about it. <laughs> it as we said, it's, it is a journey. It is never ending. Um, be obsessive about it, but uh, also be vocal about it and be heard because uh, I can tell you, I've just, uh, I've seen it over and over and over. So many great contributions. So be vocal, get trained, participate. Don't, don't wait for some CX or HCD group <laughs> to do it. Right. And don't, don't uh, go interact with them, go see, you know, some that have been doing it for a long time, engage with them, learn, and you are a CX person. That's, That's fantastic. Yeah. And the only other nugget that I would like to share is um, let's keep it simple because the external, your customers, the end users just want something that is easy to use, simple, doesn't have to go through so many clicks and so forth. So those are just some of the things. And those are primarily one of their biggest demands or requirements is this is complex, you know, how can you make it easier for me? 
So those are some of the things that, you know, think um, and and you can basically get most of that information from your trend data as well, you know, where they filled out something incorrectly. So what can I do to make that form better or fill it out or extract the information from their profile and put it in there? That's what makes it seamless and simpler for them. Okay. So those are just some of the nuggets. Fantastic. Fantastic. I want to thank you all. Thank Phenomenal. Thank you so much. Uh, obviously, thank you all for attending. Have a great rest of your forum. And uh, we look forward to, to you uh, learning, uh, hear more on your journey. Have a great day.